Hey friends, I'm Linda. Thanks for tuning in to Calling Water. In today's Easter episode, Remember How He Told You, we're looking at the story of Jesus' resurrection in Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 12. We'll talk about how receiving this good news might look different for each of us and how that's okay. Jesus shows us a miracle is right around the corner, even when all we might see for now is unbearable grief. Let's get started. So for the past few months, our family has been obsessed with the family Madrigal, that is the movie Encanto. The kids and I have memorized the entire soundtrack and not a single day goes by where one of us isn't telling Alexa to play We Don't Talk About Bruno. My older son Elijah's favorite song is Waiting on a Miracle, which is sung by the movie's protagonist Mirabel, who is the only one in her household that doesn't have a supernatural gift. In this surprisingly poignant song, she sings about how she's been and is still waiting for some kind of miracle to happen to her, as it had for everyone else in her family, and wonders by the end of the song if it's too late for her now. So what does this have to do with Easter? Well, thinking about this song this past week, especially in light of Holy Week, I've been asking myself, when was the last time I had waited so expectantly for a miracle? And why does the fact that Jesus came back to life not fill us with the incredulous joy that comes with witnessing a miracle? Perhaps it's because we've never really witnessed it. We've only heard about it read about it, and sometimes that can lead to doubt, or at the very least confusion, or perhaps we're just jaded because we've heard the story too many times. Because I'm sure many of you have heard the story of Jesus numerous times before, of Christ's death and resurrection as represented in each of the four Gospels. Jesus, after about three years of ministry on this earth, teaching people about the kingdom and ways of God, was eventually arrested, tried, tortured, pierced, and eventually crucified on a cross. And while the world mocked him for not being able to save himself from this cruel fate, he interceded on behalf of his oppressors, asking the Father to forgive them, for they know not what they do. Then he died and was buried in a tomb, and a stone was rolled in front of the mouth of the tomb. For those who had been devout followers of Jesus, you can imagine how dejected and hopeless they were feeling at this point. They had given up everything to follow Jesus. They were sure that Jesus would be the one to shake things up and provide a better future for their people. And yet, here he lied perfectly dead. Now what? It's like the rug was pulled out from under them. Had everything been a lie? So it was in this deep state of anguish and disillusionment that some of the women who had also been followers of Jesus prepared spices and perfumes to bring to the grave. There was nothing left to be done but to honor his bruised and broken body because His spirit was with them no longer, or so they thought. 
We find in Luke chapter 24 that when the women approached the tomb early Sunday morning, they found the heavy stone had been rolled away from the tomb, and the tomb itself was empty. Then two men in gleaming clothes, presumably angels, appeared and gave them this message in verses 5 through 7. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. At this, they remembered that yes, Jesus did in fact predict his death and resurrection multiple times, but they had had no confidence in that predicted miracle because they didn't go to the tomb expecting a resurrected Jesus. They went to the tomb with spices and perfumes expecting to mourn an anoint one who was no longer living. And once they received the message that Jesus was alive again, the woman went and told this to the disciples. But verse 11 says, They did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter at least got up and ran to the tomb to investigate for himself and found that the tomb was empty, just as they had said. But the text doesn't say they rejoiced and celebrated because Jesus was alive again. It left them wondering what had happened. It's not until they encountered Jesus in person later that the truth of his resurrection sinks in. Easter is the day we celebrate this great miracle, the day Jesus Christ rose again on the third day after his death. And not only that, but the effective consequence of his death and resurrection is that as the atoning sacrifice for our sins, he created a way for all of humanity to be reconciled to God such that we may all be granted eternal life. And this is good news, the best news. But even while we know this empirically, it's hard sometimes to muster up the joy. And I get it. Life has been severely unkind to all of us lately. With the ongoing pandemic, division everywhere, economic uncertainty, and even being on the brink of war, everything just feels awful. And that's just at the macro level, not taking into account the things you personally deal with on a daily basis, fighting with family members or battling an illness, dealing with the daily pressures of not having enough or not feeling like you're good enough, finding that time goes by but you don't feel like you've done anything valuable with your time. I hear you. And you know what? So does Jesus. It was truly disorienting for the woman at the tomb to find the body of Jesus gone. It took a moment to switch gears from grief to confusion to tentative acceptance. And they only got to that last part because they finally remembered the words of Jesus, how he had told them that good news was waiting for them in the form of an unprecedented miracle. 
So this Easter, I want to encourage you. It's okay if you're not feeling it. If the good news of Jesus hasn't hit you yet, or you're not sure what it means yet, that doesn't make you less than. Jesus welcomes you to sit in your fears, worries, confusion, and doubt, because he knows it's a lot to take in. His very followers didn't believe it right away, and he had told them multiple times before that this was gonna happen. Jesus invites you to remember how he told you that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Remember how he told you that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Remember how he told you to take heart because he has overcome the world. Remember how he told you that he is with you always to the very end of age. Remember these promises and remember Jesus from wherever you are in your spiritual journey. Because even though Easter is not about us at all, it's really all about our Savior vanquishing even the permanently irreversible power of death, his resurrection reminds us of his great love for us. The love that led him to the cross and out of the grave to show that he is not only able to wash away our sins, but is somehow able to embrace us just as we are. I want to close by sharing this blog post from the late author and columnist Rachel Held Evans, whose words remind us today that it's okay to have questions and to feel like you don't know enough, or to feel like hope is lost as you approach a metaphorical tomb in your life, because a miracle waits around the corner. And it's never too late for us to be a part of it because the miracle of Jesus is for you. It will bother you off and on like a rock in your shoe, or it will startle you like the first crash of thunder in a summer storm, or it will lodge itself beneath your skin like a splinter, or it will show up again the uninvited guest whose heavy footsteps you'd recognize anywhere, appearing at your front door with a suitcase in hand at the worst possible time. Or it will pull you farther out to sea like riptide or hold your head under as you drown. Triggered by an image, a question, something the pastor said, something that doesn't add up, the unlikelihood of it all, the too-good-to-be-trueness of it, the way the lady in the thick perfume behind you sings, up from the grave he arose with more confidence in the single line of a song than you've managed to muster in the past two years. And you'll be sitting there in the dress you pulled out from the back of your closet, swallowing down the bread and wine, not believing a word of it. Not a word. So you'll fumble through those back pocket prayers, help me in my unbelief, while everyone around you moves on to verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, without you. You will feel their eyes on you, and you will recognize the concern behind their cheery greetings. We haven't seen you here in a while, so good to have you back. 
and you will know they are thinking exactly what you used to think about Easter Sunday Christians. Nominal, lukewarm, indifferent. But you won't know how to explain that there is nothing nominal or lukewarm or indifferent about standing in this hurricane of questions every day and staring each one down until you've mustered all the bravery and fortitude and trust it takes to whisper just one of them out loud in the car ride home. What if we made this up because we're afraid of death? And yet, you won't know how to explain why. In that moment when the whisper rose out of your mouth like Jesus from the grave, you felt more alive and awake and resurrected than you have in ages because at least it was out, at least it was said, at least it wasn't buried in your chest anymore, clawing for freedom. And if you're lucky, someone in the car will recognize the bravery of the act. If you're lucky, there will be a moment of holy silence before someone wonders out loud if such a question might put a damper on Easter brunch. But if you're not, if the question gets answered too quickly or if the silence goes on too long, please know you are not alone. There are other people signing words to hymns they're not sure they believe today, other people digging out dresses from the back of their closets today, other people ruining Easter brunch today, other people just showing up today. And sometimes just showing up, burial spices in hand, is all it takes to witness a miracle. Let's pray. Jesus, how often do we, like the women at the tomb, look for the living among the dead? We look around at all the things that are going wrong in our lives and ask the old familiar question, where are you? But amidst our suffering and sorrow, you remind us that you are exactly as you said, alive and with us. Even when we overshadow your victory over death, with our own troubles and uncertainties, we know that doesn't disqualify us from your presence and love. Because of the miracle of your resurrection, we know we have hope in all circumstances. So thank you, Jesus, for laying down your life so that we may have life and life to the fullest. In whatever way we can, we're showing up to celebrate you, Jesus. In your name, amen.